Being stung by a bee 
watching Scooby-Doo and Aquaman and Daniel Boone on lazy Saturday mornings, eating cheese sandwiches and running through the forest in sneakers with your dog, finding blueberries and hearing foxes in the distance. Do you remember carving your first jack-o'-lantern on Halloween, trick-or-treating as a ghost and coming home laden with large brown paper bags filled with candy corn, apples, and Reese's and Hershey bars, playing in the sandbox with your mother calling not to come home, and you going anyway, and the staircase dripping with blood and your neighbor being carried out, her red hair torn and disheveled. Running into poison ivy and having the blisters covered with pink calamine solution and lying at home with your library books and hearing the fat lady from downstairs screaming and yelling at her children. Do you remember Lassie, Little Joe, and Skippy the kangaroo, and your parents fighting while you were watching TV? thinking you wouldn't hear? Do you remember your first bicycle and how you knew that you were finally a grown-up on your ninth birthday when you got your first kiss? The trust you felt, the hope, and you knew that nothing would ever go wrong. Good morning, everybody. I'm your host, DJ Webbles, and you just heard Danielle DePicciotto and The Glory of Innocence. I hope you enjoyed that. That was from a record label called Broken Clover Records. You should go and check that out sometime. Go and follow them on Instagram. Owned by our very own Mickey Darius, who's given me a lot of tunes to listen to over the last few months. I'm very grateful to him and all the, all the efforts he puts in for this fabulous radio station. Speaking of Lost Church, we have a new venue coming out in September 2022. If you go and follow the Lost Church SF on Instagram, you'll be able to find out all about new tickets that are coming up for the shows in September and beyond. Of course, they have a Santa Rosa venue. It's been around for a long time and prior to that, a previous SF venue in the Mission. But very exciting times for the Lost Church. 
and excited to go and check out the new venue very soon. I'm going to keep this intro very brief today because we have an awesome guest called Geiger von Muller, who's going to be calling in all the way from London. Prior to this show, I'd never met Geiger before, but we had such a great chat and it was so great to hear about his music and his compositions. Definitely worth going to check him out. You'll hear all about it in the next hour and 50 minutes, no less. Before we get over to the interview, we're going to have Tori Emois and a song called Postman. Got to see Tori Emois at Stern Grove recently. There's a great concert series going on over the next few weeks, all across the summer. So um, go and check them out if you can. And you're listening to the 265th Hangover Sessions on KTLC, Lost Church, Free Radio. Hello, Mr. Postman. Did I get any mail today? No? Okay, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow then. Mr. Postman. Did I get mail? Did I get a letter? Did I get a postcard? What's up, friends? This is indie rock nerd Megan Slankard, and I don't know about you, but three of my most favorite things in life are donuts, slow blinking at cats, and DJ Webble's hangover sessions. Good morning, good afternoon, Geiger. Am I saying your name right? I hope so. I should have yes, yes, prepared that's myself. Perfect. That's perfect. Geiger von Müller. Where does one get a name like that from? <laughs> from one's head. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing. Do you get? Well, you I have ever... no actually. 
Do you have a nickname Actually, or anything? Do you have like GVM or anything like that? I, I yeah, I, I I use that when it needs to be shortened. But yeah, yeah it was the, the originally it was just Geiger, which was my uh, first name, and then uh, people started to always mention the Geiger Miller counter, which is a radio radioactivity measuring device or whatever. Oh wow, well, yeah. <laughs> and then it just stuck. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. <laughs> well, it's a great name. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? I feel like every time I say it, I have to say Geiger von Miller instead of just Geiger. But do people normally call you Geiger or like, is it? Yeah, How do you yeah, want me to refer know, to you in the show? <laughs> well, it's, you know, man, it's even shorter. I don't know why, but most people don't bother with anything else from G? my whole name except for the first letter. I don't know why. <laughs> so G is it's probably... Probably a good way to refer to. For yeah, sure. that's what that's what people tend to call me. So okay, cool. Someone, I, there was somebody who once analyzed all the first letter possibilities for somebody's name, and they came up wow. with the with the conclusion that it's either G or J, which will be shortened this way, so that people would use that, and any other letters would so, sound awkward, like <laughs> some, nobody would call somebody R or, you know. <laughs> yeah, R, F, R sounds weird, F. doesn't it? F hey F or P P is yeah I have a friend who has a really long name and we call her P sometimes. Okay, might work. Okay, but I can see yeah I can see why certain letters would be kind of strange, but yeah. some some letters just don't work. But apparently G w. is a trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See what you mean. Anyway, so, G, G was G ten, G tends G. to be attractive. So okay, but Geiger. G, whatever. Call me G. And you, well, what about you? you? Call me, but... Yeah, how about you? Webbles? Webbles or Alex? Yeah, that's, or good. Alex? that's a good question. So, Alex is fine. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, okay. DJ Webbles, or sometimes gets mistaken for DJ Huevos in Spanish. <laughs> My wife is Venezuelan. And um, in the past, DJ, if I'm in a Spanish speaking country, they're like, oh, yes, DJ Huevos, this is great. They don't say it like that. But um, that's that's a common misconception for my DJ name. But it comes from um, David Bowie's song Rebel Rebel. So my friend used to call me Webel Webel. Okay. Um, my, full, my real name is Weber. And my last name with two Bs. And, uh, yeah, I, can, yeah that, I know that. Rebel yeah, yeah, Rebel, know Rebel, that, yeah. Rebel Rebel Webbles. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 thing is, uh, I wouldn't know because uh, David Bowie is not really uh, on my playlist too oh, much, really? so I wouldn't know his uh, songs that much. So yeah, 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 fair enough. He's got a new film coming out. My dad was wearing his T-shirt when I went back to visit him in the UK uh, just last week, called Moon Age Dream. Okay. If you're interested in watching a space documentary about David Bowie. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm sure he's gonna it, interesting character come out and then yeah, yeah, certainly he is. It's just uh, probably he's more of a in my you know in my head he's more of a uh, an entertainer genius than a, a music genius. But yeah. I don't want to offend anyone. Offend anyone. But no, to their own. That's man. just my. I mean, I I like like for example his song which Nirvana covered um, was called. Uh, Man who sold the world. Man who sold the world. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. That's a brilliant tune. So yeah. there's some tunes out there well, which I like. They? they did, but the original is is better, as yeah. usual. So, uh, well, that's what I think. So, uh, yeah, I really liked it in MTV Unplugged. Uh, that album, that whole album, is fantastic. I don't listen to that album enough, actually. The Nirvana MTV Unplugged album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From ninety four, yeah, I haven't listened to it for a long time, I think. It's one of those ones you can get back into any time, and it's still good. 
Well, cool. So, guy. how did how did Geiger von Müller come about as a musician? How long have you been doing this for, Geiger? Sorry, G. Uh, since yeah, well, since since I since I've 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 known uh, uh, existence. Ah, that's that's joking. Really? No, I started actually. No, well, I started baby, actually. The, the yeah, no, that's of... the, that was, that was a, just a joke. I mean, it's I I started quite late actually with the guitar. Yeah. I mean, compared to some others, so it was. I, might have been like 14 or yeah 14 that's when I, I until then i was just listening to a lot of guitar music yeah i loved it and then my grandfather uh i think uh uh i'm not i don't think i, I know for sure that he, <laughs> that he, he he gave me and my brothers uh my brothers and me he gave, he gave he gave us a guitar which was completely useless but still what kind of guitar is it Acoustic or? It was a self, yeah, electric, self-made from the 60s. Wow. And some relative, it was on his attic and yeah. he found it. And it was a, somebody made it in the family, uh, some second cousin That's so cool. guy. And then, well, it was, it was one of those instruments where even already at the first fret, you had problems of <laughs> tuning. Yeah. So it just didn't work. But still, I was just playing that guitar for a while and then my parents got me some more normal <laughs> yeah 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 it's funny how you, you get that. into it isn't it I, I, you do I think... you do do you play a, a I guitar do. Right? Yes, yeah, okay. I, do. Right. I do i don't play much anymore because the radio has taken over my from my creative side okay. of things but um yeah i do play guitar i still remember some songs i have some original songs as well online but yeah it's funny how grandparents influence you i feel like i was most influenced by my grandmother for music Oh really? In an un in an unconscious How's that? way. Oh, just because oh. she used to sing, and she was just okay. she was always singing, and it kind of inspired me. And you know, in a subtle way, I think that influenced me to take up music yeah, in a okay. big way. Um, but that's cool. It sounds similar to how Keith Richards picked up a picked up guitar. I never heard that story. What yeah, was it? you should read it. It's, he's got a really good um, biography. Um, I know he's, he's got granddad. one. Yeah, I know he's got one. Yeah, his granddad had a guitar on the wall, and I think he always wanted to play it, but he was never tall enough to reach the guitar. Ah. <laughs> once he, then he was, and that's when it all took off for him. But it was like, I think it was like strings missing and all that kind of stuff. Um, who, who are your biggest influences, G? As far um, as, because you've got quite an interesting um genre of music that you cover with your with your song yeah um this is a a, a question that it's easy to answer quickly but if you really want to answer it uh, properly it's going to take a lot of time you know what i mean <laughs> it's okay we got some minutes so yeah um, i mean um if i have to uh, name one guitarist that really has been with me all along it's going to be hendrix so uh okay. ever since i've known the sound of the guitar mm -hmm. through my parents record collection up till this point today he's just been there all the time yeah. at the top at the top of any list for yeah, me yeah. and i think for a lot of other people and that's not without reason you know so he's just uh I, I saw it on YouTube. Someone described Hendrix's uh, attitude in comparison to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan is also wow. brilliant, brilliant. But he's, this guy said, Stevie Ray Vaughan is like, you've got a mountain in front of you and you've got to get to the top. So Stevie <laughs> Ray Vaughan uh, 
starts up and just in a very determined fashion just gets there with without flinching just gets the top straight on mm-hmm. and then you can see how he did it and it's just brilliant and then comes hendrix and then you see him at the bottom suddenly you see him at the top but you don't even know how he got there <laughs> so that's what and i think that was a good description of, of this guy because I don't think yeah. anyone can really understand where he got, gets his ideas and, nah, incredible. Yeah, and all, all the inno- innovations. So I would say, yeah, Hendrix, but then a lot of like, you know, people uh, usually, uh, I don't know why, uh, the originators of the pop rock uh, genres, they get a little bit played down, I think. So like mm-hmm. even people like Marty Waters, who's just like a brilliant sly guitar player, brilliant. Yeah. And I don't think he's being covered. There's not a lot of Muddy Waters cover songs out there. Same for Chuck Berry, who's who's known to be a great rock and roll entertainer, mm-hmm. but people don't mention how good a guitarist he actually is, you know? Yeah. And then going back even further, and this is something I only started to listen as I was growing, I mean, a couple mm-hmm. of five ten years ago that's when i realized how much good guitar playing has been going on in the delta blues era and i gotta mention mississippi john hurt uh mm. if you don't know him i mean he's just that guy is just he only had 13 original recordings wow back like in be, be, old school grainy kind of style recordings back or? in the yeah back in the the 30s they recorded him and the one of the things is i, I i'm glad you mentioned the, the sound quality because it's unbelievably good quality recordings for 1930 it's it, there's not a lot of noise on it and it's just he's got these 13 original recordings and then he disappeared mm-hmm. and then in the 60s somebody rediscovered him he spent like the interim decades just uh, toiling away going back his to his hometown and just being a worker wow they they worker and then somebody rediscovered him during the folk revolution of the 60s mm-hmm. and that's when he actually became kind of a well-known and well-paid traveling festival oh, artist what he would have deserved all his life yeah so it's a it's a really a great story as well because he survived that time because some of the others yeah. who, who had that same fate they just didn't live to see the 60s folk yeah. revolution Amazing, isn't it? How that so Mississippi time. John Hurt definitely a very great acoustic fingerstyle guitar player, but there's a lot of others out there, and then of course there's jazz and classical music and so much good stuff out there that mm-hmm. that's why I said it's gonna take 24 hours to. How about you? <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. Oh, don't worry about me. No, it's uh, I I was interested by your kind of range of of songs and originals that you have because you have such an interesting range and dynamic of songs. Um, and I noticed you do some covers, but mostly you do your own songs, right? And yeah, you... yeah, 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 yeah. And when you play gigs, or when you did play gigs pre-pandemic, were you were you doing kind of a mix of both then when you played live, or would you generally just do your originals? Or not a lot of covers. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. It's just there as sort of like ornaments on in my repertoire. Yeah. And it's not because I wouldn't like to do more. It's just that the time you got to spend on everything because it's quite work intensive, these things that for me, at least, because I'm not talented enough. Mm-hmm. So I have to work a lot on these tunes. Uh, 
so well, it's just the time it takes because I have so, so many ideas already in my head. There's not, not a lot of time left for even yeah. for play, playing my own things that I have already recorded. And But yeah, influence-wise, I, I didn't mention this, but I did get some classical training for classical guitar. And so for me, the finger style came quite naturally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and uh, it also does influence what I write as well. Nice. Sometimes there are uh, direct or indirect references to bits from uh, from uh, cl- classical uh, influences. So yeah, that's how it all comes together. A lot of rock blues in there as well, but yeah, mostly great, roots. Man. Let's give let's give one of your tracks a spin. So this I didn't realize, but this actually was the song that you that caught my eye when we were kind of in touch over email. Um, you sent it way back in um, November 2021, and it's the real great escape uh, song that I think is from. Let's have a look here. Well, you can tell me it's from an album called Ruby Red Run, right? Yes, that's my second second album, and this tune is because uh, I do. You asked me about the live stuff, so I, I do mix uh, yeah. uh, improvised and pre written bits, and this this tune is. Uh, there's a lot of improvisation in this tune as well, and some parts are pre-written as well. It's kind nice. of more more funky, upbeat kind of thing. So every time you play it, it's different. Like it w- the... it would be different, yeah. Some parts nice. of it would be the same, but structurally, I mean, you could probably tell if you listen a couple of times, like which parts are like uh, probably more likely like improvised. Yeah. I guess but maybe I don't know. Thank God we have recording, so you can remember what the structure is of the song. <laughs> I guess you'd remember. Well, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> you do, but you don't really have to. I mean, for because yeah. you just sit down, improvise, and you bring in. Yeah. I well, I wish I could actually get completely free with that, but the brain is my brain is at least a bit more inflexible than that. I wish mm-hmm. I could just uh, always this, this, use these song these bits and just play them differently at every single gig, but. It, that's not how it works. Your brain just ends up in that fixed best best structure and yeah, keeps yeah, playing yeah. that. Well, it's the nice thing about playing live as well. I mean, you referred to Hendrix, but look at what he did every time he played live, right? He would he would just change it up every time. And I think sometimes his band didn't even know where he was going with a with a riff and stuff yeah. like that, right? And that's how that's how it, it should be actually, I think. Yeah. Not just with jazz, but with a lot of other genres ideally. A lot of there should be more flexibility in performing yeah. stuff. But Yeah, let's talk more about the live stuff in a bit. Okay, I'm gonna give this a spin. This is Real Great Escape by Mr. Geiger von Miller. Here we go.
So that was a jam. Thank you for that, sir. When did you write that song? Uh, so the way these these get born um, sometimes is that one song uh, grows up from another song. And this is one of those <laughs> where I had a, uh, just I had that riff, but it was a bit different. Yeah. And actually it went on my first album. 
and it was just a very short piece just a riff like for 30 seconds maybe or something like that yeah and then i thought it was so good so let's play it more and then it went into a different key and i just started to improvise around that main theme Nice. And then the whole thing just uh, somehow became a tune organically. So that's what I like when something is organic. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do write stuff that's uh, kind of like more premeditated and, and just, uh, you know, gets born as in with like with a more rational mindset. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just something gets born without me even realizing that it's being born and then it's there so it's all pretty much i like mixing things like methods as well nice. where are Song. you normally when you when you do these compositions do you have a, like, a favorite spot that you you'd like on the top of muswell hill for example <laughs> or is it normally <laughs> at home or because it can't be easy yeah. with kids as well running around right well, well like... it's just one kid it's just one kid and yeah she knows how not to disturb. Grown she likes. Does she like? Does she dig no. your music as well? She sometimes watches. No, she hates hates my music. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a, a nine year old. Nine yeah, nine, nine and a half, and uh, she just she's very critical because kids they don't well they have a tendency to like more like stuff oh, with like kind of stuff. yeah with drums in it and happy yeah. and. You know, you know how it is. I mean, nine is different because yours is four, yeah, your yeah. daughter. Yeah, it's a bit different. Nine is a bit different, so we're getting there. But yeah, yeah. Um, so where where are you normally when you write these songs? Like, are you in? You normally do it from home, or do you go? Do you have like a recording space that you do? Stuff? Yeah, no. I'm thinking now that you're asking it. It's nothing special. Like, that's in probably the most <laughs> in just just the bedroom, I think. Yeah. Or any or any room, just the lounge or the bedroom, just any room. It's the mental space more that matters, yeah. not so much the physical space. So, um, could be anywhere. Uh, I don't think that I've written anything outside of my house, actually. So it's really? going to be always inside the house. I imagine I like you'd be looking out at like a sunset or something, or you know, beautiful landscape. No, no, no just, not, just jamming no, out home. not cool. really, not really. Cool, interesting stuff. So. Um, Let's let's play your two songs that you have. Well, you've got six songs, seven songs in your in your playlist that you take to your deserted island, and we're going to kick things off with a back to back of Nikki Lane and Seeing Double, followed by Linda Ortega and Afraid of the Dark. Do you want to tell us a little bit about these, GVM, and what, what made you choose? Yeah, these? Uh, uh, did, did you know these ladies before? I, I did I not. Sounded... I okay. thought I might know Seeing Double. Because I heard yeah. that, I think I, I think that was a different band, like Real Estate, or something. Okay. This song, but um, it's not the same song. <laughs> yeah, I heard, uh, I heard that song "Sing Double" on the radio a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I just thought it was so good. It's one of those simple but brilliant tunes where yeah. there's, it's not not at all complicated. You could tell that uh, no prog rock artist was involved with that. <laughs> and uh, I like the singing in that. I like the songwriting in that. But I also would like to draw people's attention to all the guitars in there because it's very smart. The guitarist is called Kenny Vaughan. Uh, it's just very smartly produced guitar-wise. So they all kind of 
go together real nicely all the guitar tracks that are recorded there there's steel guitar and some electric guitars and the, the production with the guitars is really good because what happens there is you got to pick the perfect guitar for the tune the perfect amp for the tune find the best setting so that the whole thing wow. comes out really really good and this one is just i think for me this recording is very very good first time i heard it on the radio was brilliant and then i heard it i looked it up and i that i confirmed for myself yes it is very good other thing on that album it's my favorite track and it's one of those albums where there are tracks that i don't like at all and then mm -hmm. there's other tracks which i really like so it goes from all over the spectrum with this album but that song is just pretty good i think nice what radio do you typically listen to um i the most most of the time what i what i listen to is whenever my music is on a show i like to check those out because i found out that people who like my stuff will actually indirectly recommend via their <laughs> set list really good stuff that nice. i would like in turn so that's how i discover a lot of good stuff so yeah that's really cool man cool and then um afraid of the dark and lindy, lindy oh yeah Linda Ortega, yeah. So two of these back to back. Yeah, it's back to back. Yeah. So the other one, um, um, oh, Lindy Ortega's album Liberty. There, uh, it's actually the opposite of of uh, Nicky Lane's album in so much as uh, I like the whole album very much. Maybe I don't like this song as much as the other one. I still <laughs> like it a lot, but I, here I would say listen to this whole album Liberty. It's got such an atmosphere all throughout that it, it's worth, you know, putting in your uh, album's nice. uh, compilation from Lindy Ortega. Nice. Okay, check it out. When did this come out? Let's have a look here. I don't, I, I, it's always nice to be introduced to new artists as well. So I'll definitely give this a listen. There you go. 2018. Nice. Okay, let's give these a spin then. Cool. Thank you, G. This is Nikki Lane and Seeing Double, followed by Lindy Ortega and Afraid of the Dark. Enjoy. I got a hole in my heart, mighty deep, cold and dark, like a tunnel. It's hard to breathe in this town, I'm sinking deep, going down.
DJ Webbles. DJ Webbles. DJ Webbles. Hangover Sessions. Louse Church Free Radio. KTLC. It's free, baby. Look at that wild palomino running like he's scared. He caught the devil's shadow when he was unprepared. Oh, the dark is gonna get you, and there ain't no place to hide. Yeah, the dark is gonna get ya. It'll come for you tonight. It'll come for you tonight. Well, darling, I won't blame you if you turn around and Yeah. Uh-huh.
Alright, so we just heard Lindy Ortega, Afraid of the Dark, and Nikki Lane, Seeing Double. Good stuff. Thanks for those, man. How long have you known yeah. those songs? You see, quite recently. Have you listened to more music during the pandemic than um, kind of... Probably you know, so, yeah, probably so. A couple of years, because these are quite fresh as well, I think. 2018, so... Yeah. And, uh, so How's your um, comp com composition gone during the pandemic? Like, did you find yourself becoming more of a prolific writer and, and things during the pandemic? Yeah, it was or... quite, I think it was a fruitful kind of, because you had more time. Yeah. Although maybe now you're saying, because no, because of the homeschooling, I, I actually now I remember I had less time. Oh, wow. <laughs> you had to do a lot of homeschooling. Yeah. So, but that was fun actually, in a way, because at least you got to see what your child is learning at school. Yeah. Because yeah, otherwise yeah. you have no clue. So. <laughs> yeah. I was curious by the music, how it affected your composition but it seems yeah like no not really i think yeah it was timing uh, wise probably your timing change right how much time yeah, you can dedicate uh, to it you know uh, i can't even in my head it's all such a mess like the past couple of years like how one album followed another and then there's one actually i'm releasing one but i'm working already to get the the one after like on track and it's just i, I couldn't tell you where exactly i was when the pandemic hit, yeah. you know, mentally, where I mean, I was composing, but maybe I was mostly recording, and whatever. Sorry, I just. Well, I, saw, <laughs> I saw a real great escape. You you actually wrote Ruby Red Run or released the album in 2020, right? Exactly. That's when the pandemic was at peaking, pretty much. Is that your so, oldest album? Oh no, you got 2018. I had, no, I yeah, I had one before that. And I had those two, and then number three is coming up. Nice. And how does one find out about Gagavon Miller yeah, on the interwebs? Just go, yeah, just Google it. I mean, Google I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a great, unfortunately. You're the only Gagavon Miller. <laughs> as far as I know, yeah, man. Okay. But uh, any day another one can pop up. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the thing is with, because you probably you would think, oh yeah, go social media here and there. Yeah, I'm just not a social media uh, loving person. That's I used not, to like not a bad thing, uh, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like I like the general idea, yeah, and I yeah. used to love MySpace. And when Facebook started, still I had some bad feelings about that name, Facebook. I was like, why would somebody call? I like to call it fake book these days. Yeah, MySpace was such a cool name, but Facebook was somehow awkward. Yeah. And maybe it was those uh, misgivings which kind of proved correct because now it's kind of like an awkward thing. And uh, <laughs> and there's uh, Twitter and then TikTok and these things. It's just because as long as I'm an independent artist, yeah, I can afford not to really spend much time there. I think, you know, artists who are signed to like uh, major labels or manage management companies, then there's the professional uh, uh, social media experts coming in and handling that side of, of, the, of the thing. And that's mm -hmm. fine. But for me to uh, be up there and just put up posts about my holes on my socks or whatever every single day just to generate <laughs> this kind of you know Follows, they, yeah followership the, yeah like hunting for likes or whatever yeah. you know it's just so it's just not in my personality and i don't want to i don't i don't want to force myself in yeah. that you know 
direction at all. So yeah. it's, well, people, I'm still there. People can find me. So I've got Facebook page, Twitter page, and my home page. So and you got a bank there's, and, and there's Bandcamp. Now Bandcamp is different. I wouldn't put that in in the in the yeah. previous uh, social media complaint category because because yeah. Bandcamp they're good actually. That's what it all should be like. So, Just yeah. so listeners know, geigervon.bandcamp.com is how you find exactly, out yeah. about G-E-I-G-E-R dot, no, G-E-I-G-E-R-V-O-N yeah. dot bandcamp.com, Geigervon. Yeah, it's a good way. And you get you feel like you actually get compensated as well, I'm sure, in, from Bandcamp. They do the Bandcamp it, Friday. Yeah, exactly. And, like and there's nothing disgusting going on there as in, advertisements and hunting yeah, for likes it's clean. And, yeah it's it's decent <laughs> yeah it's, it's decent. refreshing isn't it I, I i i often talk up bandcamp as being my favorite music medium even though i'm a complete hypocrite when it comes to a consumer of music from using spotify and things like that just because there's so much access to music there but from the artists i speak to bandcamp is definitely the winning it's a bit like myspace isn't it in many regards exactly yeah but i'm happy you're saying that about spotify because that's exactly what it is i'm the same as you because i'm not even on spotify because i said again you know it's for big labels they got those deals with this company but for independent artists it's just a complete ripoff yeah it's a mess. so i'd rather not be on there and uh, but as a as a listener, it's really good because for a reasonable uh, uh, payment, you get a lot of access to a lot of stuff. Yeah. But that's exactly why musicians aren't paid because because uh, it's 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 a reasonable price as a customer. But then there's nothing left for to pay, paying out all the musicians there. So. Yeah. It's a it's a trap, I think. I don't know what they're gonna do about it. If yeah, it's gonna stay it's or gonna go away. Strange road, isn't it? For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's again a, a brilliant idea, but somehow it's just. I suppose if they wanted to pay the artists, the musicians, then it would have to be much more expensive, and then nobody would use it. And this way, uh, there's a guy I I can I can I can't remember the name. It was on YouTube. I saw a, a kind of a uh university professor dude talking about spotify and he said that uh, actually what happens there is is they, they they're able able to force even the major labels to go into deals with them which are uh very disadvantageous to even the labels not just the artists that's and that's and that's because otherwise if they don't uh, f- uh fall in line then Spotify would just use uh, library music or like people who are ready to produce music for very cheap and then just distribute that. So, yeah, it's a funny old world. I think, I think um, I'm lucky with Bandcamp because Bandcamp actually are headquartered here as well. They are. They've got, a, yeah, okay. they've got, they have a live music uh, every Friday. In downtown okay. Oakland, they they stopped oh, it for really? a couple of years, but they have a new location okay. where you can go to the record shop, at, similar to a record shop, and see live bands play at the at the Bandcamp HQ, which is amazing. And um, I just can't talk them up enough. I think they're just so they're just out there on their own in terms of. What it's they it's do just for, people who love music, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just people who it love music. Like whereas it, whereas in Spotify, it's people who love business, and there's two yeah. different groups yeah. of people. So. Yeah, very different companies for sure. Very different ethics. Um, so let's get back to your music and 
you, you there's definitely uh, you mentioned classical, but you also have a lot of slide guitar. I noticed. What do you use for the slide slide G? Like what? If you, what what kind of slide do you mean? What, or... to, well, you've got like um. Do you use like a lap guitar or do you like I know there's like dobros and things like that as well. No, no, no. It's just a plain acoustic uh, guitar. Nice. Nothing special really. And do you the use slide. Like a bottle, bottle top. The oh. slides are. I have several si slides, yeah. man, and and I always pick. I always pick the one that fits the tune best because nice. they're not the same actually. So, they could be made of uh, brass or <laughs> glass or porcelain. And you get different Those sounds are the ones that, depending on different obviously. sounds exactly. That's There's even a, I've got a hybrid one as well, which is glass and porcelain hybrid. What? So they're all uh, they're all different. Yeah. Are there so, any of them like? Um, you've got because I, I had a, a guest on my show that gave me a bottle top once so are there any that you've had that are like bespoke you know that you found like oh this is actually a cool little tool i can use for my guitar or do you normally go to like a music shop to, to just buy the, the uh, yeah i've got ones with it's uh uh most of these are dunlop the ones that i use Jim nice. dunlop and uh but there's they've got a specialty uh specialty uh line of products porcelain ones and That's i've got cool. quite a few of those uh made by a, a lady somewhere in the us and then uh, probably she's just a, probably i guess a subcontractor for for jim dunlop and uh and then but then the the one i tend to use most funnily is like the cheapest simplest glass <laughs> slide Again, I, I you, right? yeah. So some of them can be quite pricey. I mean, well, by the time they get to the UK, because it would be reasonably, say, it would be thirteen dollars in the US. But by the time it gets here, it's it's actually almost twenty pounds. Yeah. Which is almost double. Yeah, post price. So, so uh, yeah, all the and the the customs and everything, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Cool. Have you ever been to the US? You ever played? I feel like you'd go down well in the US. You're with your music. Yeah, not with my music, but I went yeah. to high high school in New York. So. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, sometimes sometimes people pick my New York twang somehow. <laughs> cool, man. Let's get another song on here from your new album. It's yet to be released. Is that correct? It's not so. released yet. Yeah, the single it has been released, the first single, and it's doing pretty well. So actually, it's probably my my most widely uh, supported or, or, nice. or like, liked uh, single so far. So I'm getting good gut feelings for when the album comes out. That's good. Uh, Which one is it? It's uh, the Space Digger number one. Space Digger. Comes with, cool, let's comes put that on next. Uh, I was going to go to the um, the Chuck Berry cover, but we'll do, um, we'll do Space Digger first and then we'll do um, No Place to Go in a bit. So this is your, you say it's the most streamed song that you've had or like whatever that means, but yeah. Know, and a lot of radio. Like lot, nice. Radio yeah. And play. a lot of radio, radio plays and everything. So congrats, man. How do you get your music out there? You normally do it from like submissions and things like that. Yeah. Just send it. It's just send nice. it to people. And then, yeah. Yeah. I just wondered cause you, cause you're not playing live so much these days. I wondered how you get it out there. Yeah. It's just um, send them. Nice. Direct marketing, good stuff. All right, we'll talk about the live stuff in a bit. Let's get this on. This is Space Digger yeah. from a new 
as yet untitled album, or is it safe to say it's slide sonatas? Yeah, let's be let's be accurate about this. It's Space Digger number one because there space will be a Space Digger number, number two when they <laughs> add them as well, and uh, and the album is Slide Sonatas number one. Nice. And so, it is where do you get your names from? Because you, you seem to have some really cool names for your songs. Naming the tunes, well, that's the most difficult part of my job. Because if you do, <laughs> not, I'm not joking. You do you do instrumental songs and you just don't know what to name them. <laughs> so spend a lot of time. I'm happy you like the titles because yeah, no, it's I love such them. a... It's it's very, such a, yeah. a lot of it, because if you watch the... A lot of, some of it now comes from... Lego. So Space Digger is a Lego model actually from the 80s. Yeah. The Space Digger space model. Lego classic model because I did uh, I do videos for these singles as well and I use Lego for this one nice and and Space Digger is just one of the little uh, machines in there yeah another favorite is Toys in the Ghetto love that one very That's, good spin on words <laughs> yeah well that one was for yeah from that one that was a series of songs actually on my first nice. album Oh, you have and, one, two, three, that kind of and thing. Then, yeah, and then, yeah, and then I did, and then one or two came on this one as well. It's a series. Oh, nice. I know how I know how I name them. There's a system to it, sure. but I'm not going to tell people because that's my thing. <laughs> trade trade secret. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you listen if you listen to these albums a lot, then you probably figure out some of the, or maybe all of the the rules that, yeah. like, it's all random actually, but, but, the way they came up but now some of them are in my head they're kind of let's make it just to make it easy for me to give titles to songs so if if one song falls in a different certain category in my head then i just uh it's more simple for me to continue with that title sequence yeah (laughs) to think of another another song title as well exactly wherever you could avoid that it's all about the music anyway isn't it really it is in the music itself. No, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. All these titles are, it's not like, I'm not chucking words around randomly. Right. I mean, I think about them, mm-hmm. what the song means to me, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then how I could put that in a, in a very indirect message kind of thing. And because I don't have lyrics, so all I have is the visuals yeah. and the song titles to convey any sort of message that I want to convey beyond the music. So nice. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you. This is Space Digger from Slide Sonatas. Again, Space Digger Space, 1. Yeah, number 1, exactly. Space yeah, thank one. you. Apologies thank you. <laughs> thank you, Alex. <laughs> yeah, of course. Let's get this on. There's also a Space Digger 2. Is there a 3 or 4? No, not yet. Space Digger 1 and 2. Cool. Let's get this on.
that was good, man. Really enjoyed that. Space Digger, Space Digger One. Exactly. First of two parts, and both are going to be on your new album, which is TBD in terms of when it's coming out. I'm kind of playing it uh, easy, play by ear. Just see, uh, I'm still, uh, the, the single is out. It's getting good feedback still from radios. Nice. Being played here and there on specialist shows. Well deserved. So uh, um, I'm just, uh, I, I'm going to release that album in a couple of months time, certainly. So it would have, I mean, the delays are always huge. I mean, this album was supposed to be released December, the latest. Mm -hmm. So once I missed that, by a very big margin in like still not releasing Feb, Feb, March, whatever. I just said, whatever. No, I'm just gonna... <laughs> well, it's good. About, it's a good thing about being your own boss as well, right? You can just yeah, yeah, yeah. Out and when it drops and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, there's no, no, there's no pressures on you that way. So, so I know you said like being a dad kind of um, stops you from doing live music, but do you think you'll get back into doing live shows again at some point? I, yeah, I must. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about. Yeah, man. I, I'm thinking about. Uh, I've been thinking about it for a couple of months now, so it will evidently happen soon. It's just, yeah. Again, all the commitments that I have, in all sorts of ways, is just once you have to tell yourself to do something mm -hmm. that you have been postponing, otherwise you won't ever do it. That sort of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> exactly. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just feel like a big part of your music, and this is just completely off the cuff, but like watching you play is probably just as much a part of the experience as listening to it as well. Well, uh, yeah, because again, I, I didn't even mention that when you played Real Great Escape, the previous tune of mine, which you played, uh, um, that one, I released a, a, a demo video version of that and that shows the difference between the because there's improvised like i said the, some bits are improvised so if you compare the, the studio the album version and that version you would see the differences so what i wanted to say about that is um i like to do that pretty much playing these tunes but for me the acoustic guitar is uh, a very uh, introspective instrument it's not like the electric guitar yeah. For me, the acoustic is more like something you would want to play in a small space for me. Like, and that could be your bedroom or just a small venue. Yeah, just you hear it in the sound and of the room. That kind of thing. I don't have it in me to to imagine myself standing on a stadium stage <laughs> yeah. with an acoustic guitar, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So therefore I I'm pretty relaxed about the live side of things. And I consider it secondary to uh, composing these things and releasing them. And that's why, unfortunately, sometimes there are periods when it gets deprioritized, even if there's no COVID. But with mm -hmm. COVID, it got automatically, you know, deprioritized. And then ever since then, it just didn't get that. Because I'm my own boss, like you said, and mm -hmm. the boss has, hasn't yet <laughs> put it back on the <laughs> agenda <laughs> because of other tasks. Yeah, yeah. So I think you'd work. It sounds silly, and I'm not like religious in any way, but playing in a church, like with good acoustics as well. Like I've played in a couple of churches, like open mics, um, and it's been really fun just jamming out and listening to the acoustics of your acoustic guitar. 
in the church. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of classical music is recorded in churches for yeah. albums as well, because the acoustics are brilliant there. So, yeah, I mean, it's a religious experience in its own way, isn't it? I guess listening to music. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm I'm not, I'm not a religious person either, yeah. but we have to admit that there are a lot of art in in history. Think yeah. of like fine art, for example, Michelangelo or Raffaello and all those guys, Raphael, yeah. uh, they, they they worked for the church, and it's all yeah. they they the church has produced a lot of art. So yeah, fantastic. gotta yeah. respect that, even if you're not religious. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, let's get these uh, next two songs on. So we got Naughty Professor, and yep. I'm, I, sorry if I'm butchering this. Ple Pleiades. I, I I don't know, man. Pleiades. I I I should have looked that up. I That's I never right. look up titles. That sounds like a Greek. Yeah, I would say Pleiades in that case. Yeah, maybe it's a, a name from antiquity. I don't know. Yeah. Nord then, Nord professor. Great name. Anyway, I love it. Love the combination of letters. And then we've got Imperial Leisure and yeah. Untouchable, which sounds like a soap because I'm thinking of Imperial Leather here for some reason. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, yeah. Imperial yeah. Leisure yeah. and Untouchable. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you take these to your deserted island? Okay, so uh, Untouchable, that's uh, uh, a really cool song again from a band that I used to see in London actually live a lot. They were just killer just the killer gigs, man, this, mm -hmm. this band. And they were in the, uh, they were around for a couple of years in the London circuit. And I saw a lot of their gigs. And this song was probably my favorite tune that they played live. And then they don't exist anymore. But then like we've been talking about Spotify, suddenly it comes up this <laughs> whole album. And then there are those songs, which I remember from those times, which they apparently released a bit later, but I wasn't aware. So that's a really cool song, I think, just really upbeat. And, and this is like a London band. Oh, nice. And the other one, Naughty Professor, they're, as far as I know, they're from New Orleans. And that's a tune that I heard on the radio, actually, in, in, a, mm -hmm. in, a, in a show that was um, that had my music in it. And, it's, and suddenly this tune came up. And ever since then, I just love that tune. It's one of those, again, where I don't like it's on an EP. And it sticks out from the whole of the EP for me personally. The rest of the tunes are really quite good, very good as well. But this one is just brilliant for me. So, have you ever been to New Orleans? No. It's a fantastic place. I I, I can I can imagine that man. I can really I can hear magical. all the music coming from there. Yeah. yeah. It's just I think the love of music there is what stood out to me. And like people can just watch music for hours there. Um, yeah, they have Jazz surprised. Fest and all that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic place. Met Bill Murray. Yeah. I didn't meet Bill Murray. I saw Bill Murray at the Jazz Fest. Saying, okay. uh, saying I actually yeah. met him is going a bit far. <laughs> have you, have you, have you, have you been there uh, several times as well? Just the to... once. Yeah. I saw Stevie okay. Wonder and a lot of other amazing bands. I saw um, the name escapes me now. Not Gravity. Um, uh, not Galaxy. Oh Christ. Why am I forgetting their name? But yeah, I saw I saw a couple of great like New Orleans bands, and then they do the cool thing is they do like shows afterwards into the night, so you can go and see after shows where these bands right. go and play in the kind of various venues of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Until yeah, yeah. like okay. four a.m. in the morning. Yeah, that and sounds a bit like is, Camden. Yeah, it's Camden fantastic. Town. Camden Town can be a bit similar. I mean, it's probably completely different, but yeah, yeah, over here. 
Yeah. Okay, let's get these on then. So we're going to play Untouchable and Imperial Leisure, followed by Pleiades and Naughty Professor. Thank you, sir. Hi, this is Will from Thunder Egg. No, this is Aristides from from Prague. Okay, and you're listening to the Hangover Sessions of on KTLC. On KTLC. Lost Church Free Radio. Lost Church Free Radio. Hi, DJ Webbles. Hi, DJ Webbles.
some more good choices. Yeah. I love the eclectic nature of these songs as well. It's quite a diverse mix of, of music you've got going on here. Do you listen I to got a lot pretty, of... yeah, yeah, I got very yeah. eclectic taste. I didn't even send you any Deftones favorites. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, so I, I listen to a lot of, a lot of Do you listen different with your daughter? Have you managed to get that? Now she's nine. Does she enjoy any of the music that you like? Can you listen to stuff together, or do you normally have to listen? To she grew like? up. Obviously, she grew up hearing all the music because there's always some music going. Yeah. And uh, I listen to uh, um, a lot. Of, we listen to. She likes classical, and oh, nice. she likes and she likes uh, space like synthesizer stuff as well, which I kind of like as well synthesizers which is kind of like the polar opposite of what i do we just want <laughs> you know acoustic guitar is so, she yeah, going to follow a similar path to you in terms of playing an instrument and things or i'm teaching her to play piano right now nice. so but whether she will ever become a musician or not i don't know and i, yeah, I don't yeah. mind if she does or if she doesn't yeah it'll be up to her so do you so you play piano do you play it do you do any songs do you compose any songs on no 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 it's just very basic like i can teach a child from like you know beginner level mm -hmm. but that's that's about it but it's cool. good for i prefer to teach that as opposed to teaching teaching the guitar because this way i'm also kind of more engaged with what we learn and play it's not boring for me in a way because yeah, yeah, yeah. and also i think that the piano is most perfect instrument to start learning music on because it's so it's got that visual structure about the white keys and the black keys which are so easy to convey or transfer <laughs> to, to children like for to explain the structure of melodies yeah. and chords and you know if you want to hold well, a couple of chords are easy on the guitar but most of them will be a bit more difficult but with the yeah. piano you can quite easily just hold down three you know so yeah cool man so we talked a little bit about the visual aspect of your music and i know know when you kind of we first got in touch with each other you had some videos as well i think you shared so do you have a, a process for that as well like do you direct your own videos to go with the music like how does that dynamic work yeah well so so yeah okay so this is again one of the the aspects which I I didn't mention when we were talking about like how what sort of uh, things that do I spend my time on. <laughs> so a lot of the I don't create a lot of the visuals, some of it, the simple things, but like the videos, I'm involved with uh, brainstorming and re image research and things that I can do as a layperson from a, a visual expert's uh, aspect. But otherwise, it's all people who I work together with. But they, yeah, they are they are important because I said, like I said, uh, I don't have lyrics to convey mm -hmm. messages. And seeing the times we live, I just feel that there's always something to comment on. And it's more not so much like actual news, political news, but like the general, more indirect, overall, the main messages such as... Uh, anti-war like protest mm -hmm. messages that's an important one and the anti-racism idea so i like to keep that in there in very implicit ways so i don't want to be it's not like you know rage against the machine that's different because <laughs> there it's very explicit there well, what i do is i think it's a bit more implicit but, but if you watch these things 
the videos or my album artwork, whatever, it would ideally be quite obvious and simple, just like, you know, for example, my, uh, the first uh, videos that I came up with was a trilogy of, of short videos called yeah. Blue, Blue Moon Frequency and uh, one and two and three. And, uh, and uh, those were about just the idea of, 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 of dark structures being out there and how they, they uh, are built up and then how they collapse. And dark structures in the form of like buildings or like um... well dark structures no i mean in society um, okay, that's what those that so we're talking about war here and right. and society so hopefully what i use is is uh, this was quite accidental but it came about it works well with this sci-fi imagery the way it came about was with these videos and it works quite well because it's not usual for the slight sound that i do but mm -hmm. it's still a nice fit and uh it's also it has that effect of 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 in the in the in the message sense of things. It's got that kind of more distracted, more uh, dis detached kind of air about it. So it's more generalized the message. Mm -hmm. If it's in the future, what I also like to do because this is not uh, straightforward sci-fi. It's always retro sci-fi. So I use a lot of like pointing back to imagery pointing back to the 30s 40s and then combining it with sci-fi uh atmospheres so it's kind of like makes the whole thing at the same time it's a comment on the past but also a prediction about the future in a way mm. so that's why i think it works well i think nice. but... yeah man this is really cool and so can you find out about your videos on geigervonmuller.com? Is that the best place to go for? Yeah, yeah. Side of things? Okay. Yeah, cool. I think that's the best idea. Okay, good stuff. Also, I, I put the video links on on Bandcamp all the time. Yeah. So if there's a single that has a video, it's always gonna be on the Bandcamp site of that song as well. Okay. You know, each song has a page on Bandcamp. I mean, the Bandcamp page of that song as well. That's what oh, I meant to say. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> cool. So um, th this next song, I'm going to play another one of yours, or your takes on a song, shall we say, uh, No Particular Place to Go, which is going to be yeah. on a new, um, soon to be released, Slide Sonatas. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about this one? I know this is unusual for you in the sense that it's like a, a riff, a former riff or whatever, by Chuck Berry, right? Yeah, it's a cover. It's quite simply, it's a cover of this song. <laughs> and I just like that song. It's one yeah. of the, <clears throat> used to be one of the more regular uh, artists in my player as my child was growing up he re she really used to uh, love chuck berry when she was smaller and uh and that song just nice. so it, i used to know that song even when i was a child so yeah i just yeah. thought i'd, I'd cover that and That's such a good melody isn't it yeah yeah nice thank you let's get this on
that was definitely a chipper number really enjoyed that one took me back I'm pretty sure I used to love that during my childhood as well just didn't know yeah. somewhere in my subconscious just didn't know and I was like yes thank you for finally telling me what the song was <laughs> it yeah. was a really cool take on it yeah. as well and you don't do many covers right this is like quite a rare rarity for you in terms exactly of yeah it's like this is the second one I recorded and released so have you ever attempted a... the Star Spangled Banner no it's <laughs> for fun <laughs> no no, it's no I don't That's... think I, I ever venture in that direction <laughs> it's uh the, the documentary i was talking about at the beginning of the show um there's a big part of it a big part of it is the star spangled banner and his um his show at was it either woodstock or the isle of Wight? was woodstock it must have yeah. been woodstock yeah, yeah he just woodstock. played it at like flipping 7 a.m in the morning or something at woodstock it's like what the it's amazing yeah. you know yeah, just yeah, completely yeah. out of the blue it came up and yeah he didn't yeah, even now know it... Like how yeah. it was going to go. It, it must have felt very, yeah, so revolutionary wow, back then. Yeah. Now it's kind of like a, a commonplace thing, even. Yeah, imagine back that then, at 7 a.m. in the morning. Having like yeah, yeah, yeah. Hendrix after being at Woodstock for three yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And those times, you know, summer of 80, of 68, yeah. you know. Yeah, incredible. Um, I was going to ask you, what took you to London? How did you find yourself living in London? Of all the um, I came for the music. I came for the music, because uh, originally your music or music for the music scene, the music okay. scene, the music, music scene. scene. Yeah, yeah. So originally, um, and this is going to be funny actually, <clears throat> with one of the tracks that are coming up from my favorite selection. So, I'm from uh, Hungary originally, mm -hmm. and I just came here because uh, the the guitar and the uh, the blues, the kind of thing that I play. I thought it was much better over here. So nice, cool. So the and the, the music you're talking about is Gabor Sabo. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Because the Hungarian? funny thing, yep. Oh, wow. Um. So the thing is, uh, I got the same family name as him originally, <laughs> and so I wasn't gonna use that because you already have a G Sabo out there, you know. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah, don't yeah. Wanna, you don't want you don't you don't want to do it again. So I wasn't gonna use that, and also. To respect this guy who is uh yeah a great guy great guy is he considered hungary's most famous artist in terms of like you know music so i didn't know he was hungarian actually i've, I've heard a few of his songs i love his stuff i was still, we were just talking mm -hmm. off mic and san francisco yeah. nights is a particular favorite of mine yeah um uh because he's he's a jazz player yeah and and quite a uh like eccentric M music music nerds music nerds like you or me would know yeah. him but people who are not music nerds which is let's admit it's the majority of the population yeah, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't necessarily know about him and that would unfortunately be true in his homeland as well so uh um i know that um uh in jazz in his homeland in hungary there is an award a jazz a gabor Sabo award a yearly annual award so he is remembered and he is remembered well but uh he's not he's not <laughs> on a mainstream television 24 7 or yeah, mainstream yeah. radio as you can imagine so you know we could talk about uh the situation of music radio and media and education and all that in every single country in the world or <laughs> 
or Europe or America, you know, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be nice <laughs> to, the, I mean, the, the, not that conversation would be nice, but the things that we would have to say probably wouldn't be perfectly nice about commercial radios and television and yeah, yeah. in relation yeah, to right. music, music. So, so what made you choose of... this particular song out of all of the songs that he, um, he has, well, well, it's well, weird and wonderful mix of songs, right? Yeah, the Dreams album is, uh, I think, his most uh, widely favorited album. It's not my personal favorite, but it's his most well-known album, probably. And I just chose that track from that album because I thought it was my favorite track from that album. Mm -hmm. And also because this track, I think, introduces his style in a quite nice compact way because it has a lot of his idiosyncratic <laughs> near near awkward i would say the way he plays it's almost it's on borderline awkward uh for me kind of like very um very authentic very genuine kind of very personal way of playing the guitar and it has a lot of the because he's famous for fusing jazz with all sorts of of, it was the first to fuse jazz guitar with all sorts mm. of influences from from folk styles such as South American Spanish styles and his own Hungarian root styles and everything. And it's got some of that in this tune quite nicely put yeah. together, fusing that with the jazz elements. And I'm not sure you know, but he's probably the number one uh He's the most esteemed master guitarist for Carlos Santana. So that's right. That. No. Yeah, you watch that. You, you, you can find Santana talking about him, saying that actually his style, Santana's style, wow. was created upon having seen Gabor Sabo play in actually California, because oh, he was in California, mm -hmm. and having seen him and having seen how he fused jazz with, with the Latino styles suddenly santana fused his own blues more commercial wow. rock blues style with those the percussion and everything so actually that legacy is quite remarkable so i thought this song has a good kind of vibe about it and also it's a good tune so Cool, man. This is Fire Dance. This is the remastered version by Gabor Shabo. I'm very proud that I'm saying this right to a Hungarian as well. Yeah. <laughs> I butcher names a lot. Yeah. And this is from the yeah. 1968 album Dreams. Let's check this out. Thank you, sir.
So that was because um, Garbo Zarbo, <laughs> Gabor Zarbo. Oh, sorry, they yeah, got to butcher yeah. it at some point. Um, Fire Dance and Dreams. Awesome source. Thank you for that, sir. And we're getting to the end of the show now. Gee, it's been an absolute joy meeting you today. This is the first time we've actually got yeah, to my, meet my, Yeah, my well. pleasure. My pleasure, man. Yeah. Very grateful to you coming on the show. I'm glad we managed to figure out a timing. No, for I'm, 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 man, I'm grateful for you <laughs> yeah. to, to invite me. So. Yeah, no, let's definitely um, get some more. Send me your stuff as you as you write it and, and release it or whatever. And uh, I'll be always happy to play it on the show. It's nice to listen to your stuff, man. Really appreciate you Thank talking you, about man. your yeah, music th- today as well. Yeah. Thank you, dude. I'll keep you... I certainly keep you updated. Yeah, and good luck with the album release as well. Thank you. We are going to play one more song from you, uh, which is called Interstellar Resorption Number One. Cool. This is the first part, and there's there's a couple of parts to this song, right? By the looks of it, on on the on a previous album from 2018. Should exactly, I try? And, yeah. Should I try and pronounce this, or do you want to go ahead and tell us what this album was? Because I feel like I'm gonna. Teddy Zer and the Quans? Exactly, yeah, yeah, as simple as that. Yeah. Nice, and this was was from 2018. This was the second track on that album. And then um, to play out the show after that, we're going to end with a classical, two classical numbers, back-to-back by back. (laughs) Back-to-back, sorry. I'm laughing because of the the irony of saying back-to-back. It is back-to-back in every possible way. The Brazilian, the Brazilian guitar quartet, yeah. Nice, okay, lovely. So you get some Brazilian names there. That's what you're you're seeing right next to Bach's name. Um, So it's the performers, Um, or maybe even because it's this is a transcription. If I can talk about it a little, yeah. Why I chose this? Go ahead. So uh, uh, the way about uh, the way with I think for me uh, the music of, of Bach. Johann Sebastian Bach, because some of his songs became famous composers as well. So we're talking about Johann Sebastian Bach. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think his music for me is the is the the best, most beautiful stuff that's been written from from what I've heard in my life, from all the music that I've heard in my life. And uh, uh, this specific uh, transcription I, I I chose. It's an album by these this quartet, uh, Brazilian guys. Uh, they transcribed uh, some of Bach's music for uh, four guitars. So we hear four guitars playing, and I think it's even to me it sounds even better than the original, which would be like a, a normal Baroque orchestra for this uh, suite. And uh, what I, I what I wanted to say about like this with with these classical composers, you got to remember the output that mm-hmm. uh, that they they produced. So think about for me, this is like if you think about Hendrix and say suddenly someone said, "Oh, they discovered forty two new Hendrix albums that are unreleased." And they all live up. They all live up to the standard of the three that he has released. How would you re- react? You would be like, Jesus, that's going to be listening material for me for the end, till the end of my life. And then, and you have to even uh, uh, go higher than that. And it's not even forty-two, but maybe three hundred forty-two albums that they discover from Hendrix, and they yeah. all live up to the standard. And that's what you have with these classical composers like Bach 
in the especially in the baroque era or or Handel and those guys they produced so much music unbelievable mm -hmm. amount like 3000 works and wow. all of them at to such high musical standards it's unbelievable so it, to put it in perspective if you start listening to classical music which i did like about 10 years ago it's just a never-ending ocean of yeah. beauty which you can't even imagine but it takes some time to you know find your way around it yeah but i sure. wanted to make sure we include some i include some classical in my recommendations and these are yeah. short pieces by bach from his uh uh orchestral suite number two and i think even people who don't listen to classical will like these two and they will appreciate how nice the music is another thing i i'd, I'd like to add before it starts for me uh the interesting thing about this guy bach is that he was able to write music which for me again personally when i listen to it it's almost so sad that it makes me cry and it's so happy that it makes me jump emotion. about at yeah. the same time wow. the exact same piece of music encompasses both ends of the spectrums of human feelings at the same time simultaneously and i don't know how he does that it's just because he's a genius obviously yeah. <laughs> but i think if if you listen to it that way it's interesting i wonder whether others can feel about it the same way but i think for me, that's the most amazing thing about this composer. Nice. And do these segue, because these are very different parts, right? We've got part two and part seven. Are they, and these part, are just particular, because the, the whole album is, you know. Yeah, sort of, this, yeah I, I just picked these for, yeah. like, I was, I, I thought these were like the Jimmy best, Pan my favorites, nice. my favorites. So I just picked them like that. There's a lot there, 24 pieces. Yeah, if you parts. listen to the yeah, if you listen to the whole album, it's gonna be it's a very high standard playing of the guitar Fantastic. and the composing and the transcribing everything. It's just yeah. high standard. Awesome. I'll give it give it give it a spin. Cool. Well thanks once again, G. It's been an absolute joy catching up with you about the thing that we love, which Thank is you, Alex. Thank you. And all and sundry. All the best with uh, the rest of twenty twenty two. Keep in touch. You've been yeah. listening to Geiger von Müller here on exactly. KTLC, Lost Church Free Radio. Yeah. And we're thanks, close thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, yeah, man, thanks for having you. me. Yeah. Go and give him a listen on Bandcamp, geigervon.bandcamp.com or geigervonmüller.com. And we're going to play um, his song Interstellar Resorption Number no. 1, um, his own original song, followed by um, the um, Brazilian quartet that we just talked about and Johann Sebastian back which i managed to butcher the name of apologies for that um <laughs> really looking forward to giving giving these a spin to close out the show thanks again sir have a lovely rest of your weekend speak to you soon thank you thank you <laughs>